It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after Babylon 5's debut. This intro cast is a dream-given form. Its goal? To introduce the show to new fans by creating a place where new viewers and old alike can discuss the show peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers. British and Americans, wrapped up in minutes of audio downloads, all alone on the web. It can be a silly place, but it's our last best hope for intelligent analysis. This is the story of the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. The year is 2014. The name of the show is Down Below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. I'm Elizabeth. Today, folks, Heidi can't join us, unfortunately, but we have two special guests. First, Yay. <laughs> yeah, first we have, once again, Yan, the Babylon worker. Hey, Yan. Hey, welcome back, Yan. Hi, Yan. Thank you. Hi to all of you. And also, we have a first-time guest to the show. Say hello to Malika. Hi, Malika. Hi, Malika. Hi, Malika. Hello. So, Malika, you're on Investigating Mars, right? Yes, I am. And so, so I guess I'll fill in for Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be Heidi today. So it's been a while since we had someone new and I haven't been able to ask this question in a while. How were you introduced to Babylon 5? So I wasn't. I was introduced by your podcast. Oh, I'm a newbie. newbie. Oh, Yay. Wow. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, have I, you heard of it before? So, or, um, yes. Like, I don't think you can be a certified geek and not have heard of Babylon 5, but I'm not a real true geek if I haven't watched it. So I heard you guys were doing a podcast, and I got really excited, and then I just picked up the DVDs, and now I'm watching along, <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah, I'm afraid to ask <laughs> you what you think of it so far. <laughs> Um, uh, there's, there's definitely parts I like. I think that, you know, part of it is the nineties cheese that comes into effect or, um, and the hair always gets me. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, it just, it's, it just reminds me of my younger years, but, um, yeah, I actually, I like it. I think it has some, some really good, uh, themes and things that I'm interested to see how they pay off, like in this episode as well. Um, but you know, not all of the episodes have been great. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, sure. You've seen up till this one? Yes. Yeah. I hope I've uh, seen up to this one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, fu- no further. No, no, no. This is. Okay. In fact, I watched this one um, probably uh, half an hour before I started podcasting with you guys. Uh, it's fresh. Mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah. yeah. I've been traveling, so I didn't get a chance to do it twice like I normally do. So, Yeah, there wasn't much there, so it's all right. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know if I could have made it through that kid's acting twice. So. Oh, well, yeah. That's all I'm oh, saying right now. Well, oh well, she's not the best. Yeah, no, not at all. Mm-mm. Do you have a favorite like episode or part of the show so far? I liked well, I like Signs and Portents. I think that it's going to be um I don't know. I don't I mean the episode itself wasn't as exciting as I think that it might be setting up. I mean this one was actually pretty good. I was surprised cuz I liked Delane. Yes. And Talia, so I wasn't happy to see her in this episode. But um, oh wait, you know, so you the- don't like Talia either? Oh God, no! <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you and Will can start an anti fan. I know. I was so happy to hear you say that because I felt like, oh, the people are going to like her. But just from the start, I'm like, I don't like this one. And then this episode, oh my God, did I not like her? Um, was it but as, yeah, as a, as a character or as an actor? That's a good question. I haven't seen her in anything else. I can't really judge the actress. Um, she just annoys me. I don't know. There's just something about her. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> and, you know, I kind of like the whole side, you know, I like that, that part of the story. So I wish that I liked her more. But I think I'm going to get that with Ivanova just so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess Ivanova and uh, Delenn are the two really interesting parts. And, you know, they were both featured in this episode, which was exciting for me. But yeah. And I like Toth. <laughs> I don't know who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, now Toth's a cool character. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yes. Well, today we are here to discuss episode 17 of season one called Legacies. But first, here's an ISN report. This is an ISN special report. Babylon 5 hosted the body of Minbari war leader Grandmar. While on the station, the body mysteriously disappeared. Minbari representatives have described this disappearance as a true religious mystery. Also, a young human girl named Alyssa Belden is traveling to the Minbari homeworld to foster communication between the two races. This has been an ISN special report. So Legacies originally aired July 20th, 1994. It's my mom's birthday. <laughs> Yay. It was, <laughs> this was originally supposed to be the second to last episode of season one because JMS didn't want to have two side episodes together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I noticed spot. that. I actually thought they did well together, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, this episode was directed by Bruce Seth Green, who last directed Death Walker. Yay, I like Death Walker. And this is his yeah. last episode on the show. Really? Okay. Mm. And it was written by DC Fontana, who wrote The War Prayer. Another good one. Mm. Which is... Wait, which one was the word prayer again? Oh, that was the one where Shao, with the home guard, they attacked Shao Mayan. And I... oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. All right, let's get to the recap. So the episode begins with Garibaldi and Sinclair in the Observation Dome. The greatest warrior leader the Mimbari has ever had is died. He's getting kind of a farewell tour. They see the war cruiser come through the jump grade, and we get a flashback using some, I guess, some recycled footage that we've seen before. It seemed like it. The The ship kind of looked like, because they were, I, I forgot what they said it looked like, but to me it kind of looked like a warrior itself. Like, it had, like, legs almost. I mean, the way it was, uh, the way it was upright, um, it almost looked like it had guns drawn, like a person with guns drawn, anyways. Yeah. Well, it oh, had no, its guns me. drawn. Well, that's yeah. true, but. <laughs> and the design on this ship, it, it's fairly unique i think you know it, it really draws on nature and you feel it it's like a fish through water really they really draw on that whole aquatic feel yeah i mean i, I really liked it that was cool <clears throat> i'm a little sick today listener so i might be a little extra sniffly and coffee today so down in the zocalo ivanova she's eating or drinking or something and talia comes in <laughs> Right. Ugh, the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> well, they have to give her a really unflattering brown color to wear, too. I yeah, mean, I was like, does she look different somehow? I don't know if it was her hair or maybe she was might be her lost hair. weight or something. I don't know. So she's like typical 90s. Like when I think of the 90s and I think of women in the 90s, she's what I think of. The hair <laughs> and everything. And the, <laughs> well, I liked how... Um, her and Ivanova kind of acknowledge each other yeah. and Ivanova was kind of like nodding like you know you know m- way more polite than the first interactions they had yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, like and still with some tension mm. yeah this episode really does a lot to move that dynamic forward doesn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes but even in the beginning like I agree that there seems to be a little bit of a thawing at least a little from like when we last saw them 
A little yeah. Bit. Maybe I'll thaw a little bit on, <laughs> on her as well. <laughs> I don't know. No, because it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> so Susan gets a call. She, she has to leave. Next, we see a girl steal a necklace and run off, and Susan goes to stop her, and the girl falls over. Tell explains that the girl's a telepath and just had a mind burst. Well, she has that street urchin dirt on her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you also look uh, that uh, Tally gave her a look just before she had the mind burst as well? So is it possible that Talia inadvertently caused the mind burst so you trying to touch her mind? Huh. Oh, I did not think of that. Mm-hmm. Neither did I, but that's a good uh, one. Let's say that she did, because I don't like her. And so she's <laughs> a problem. <laughs> so back in the CNC, that cute tech guy informs Sinclair that the cruiser has its gun ports open. <laughs> the guy with the longish hair and the very blue eyes. <laughs> the very yeah, 90s needs, hair. He needs a name like Clara. I wonder if he and Clara are friends. In the um, credits, Clara is tech one and he's tech two. Oh, I thought Clara was tech two. Oh, she was earlier one. in the season. I'm sure she was tech two earlier in the season. Yeah, she's tech one. She's now. been burned up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll think of him a name. So, do you know how old this actress actually was that was playing the 12 year old or whatever? The, oh, I didn't uh, look it up. The girl in green puberty. <laughs> she does not look 14. Yeah, I did Google search her and I saw some pictures from a movie she, some like nudie pic from a movie she did. What? <laughs> <laughs> when she was older, when she grew up. Not as yeah, a, not that as must a kid. have been some time later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess regular acting didn't work for her. Um, no surprise. <laughs> I don't think, I'm not sure. Sorry, she rubbed though. me the wrong way, like this girl. Yeah. Everything that she met her mouth. Yeah. The way she spoke, just the way she read her lines, I think. Yeah. And there was, so, so someone, JMS didn't write this one, because I did notice a difference, like, in, uh, in some of the dialogue. There was just some really weird lines in here that kind of stuck out. Um, I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I think a couple of her lines, like, I was like, I don't know how that could have been read right, you know? Oh, I, I noticed that once. I can't remember what she said, but I was trying to think of a way I would say it as an actor, and I couldn't figure out a good way. Yeah, I do yeah. that, too. Like, I'm like, how would I say that? Uh, no, there's no way to say it. <laughs> Whenever she got uncomfortable and wanted to leave, I think I'm going to go now. That was, I just cringed. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. I want to walk the rest of the way by myself. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then you decide to meet up with um, Sinclair. So you don't walk the rest of the way by yourself. Yeah. You just said that to get out of the way of um, uh, your big yeah. parents. Yeah. But also, it's. Um, I remember one of the lines, and it was kind of in, when she was um, with the cutie doctor um he said something like like it's like a deaf ma- it's like if you were deaf and then one day somebody like screamed in your head or just something weird like that <laughs> i don't have the exact quote but when he said that i was like i don't know it's just a really weird analogy to just come out of the blue with i'm like i would have never thought to say that but okay <laughs> so the cruiser has his gun ports open they're ready for a fight and then we get the opening credits after the credits sinclair contacts the ship asking why gun ports are open and the guy who answers isn't interested in explaining their ways to Sinclair. Delenn comes just in the nick of time and apologizes for a misunderstanding. The guns are not active. It's just a symbol to show they have a great leader on board. And Delenn says that they will close the gun ports and Sinclair tells Clara to keep monitoring the ship. Yeah. yeah. Clara and Clarence. Uh, How's that? Clarence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down. Uh, how much do you actually believe Delenn's explanation here? 
I don't know. I, I believed it. Yeah, I, me too. Okay. Because Clarence confirmed that um, the guns weren't active, right? Yeah, they weren't active. They were just, the ports Which, were just open. Thanks, Clarence. You should have mentioned that before, but. <laughs> yeah, I did your job, Clarence. Because as soon as Dylan said that, he's like, yep, they're, they're not active. Okay, thank you. We almost had an incident. <laughs> almost. Or a, or a full wall. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Like, where I was like, um, like you could tell it was like, gonna, like, like, dun dun dun, right before the commercial break. <laughs> where, like, after the commercial break, oh, they weren't active. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why do I have the word Ingata written down? What word? Is that a word? I don't know. I wrote that down, like, right about this this part of the, the episode, and I have no idea what it is. So never mind. In the med lab, the girl looks normal. Tally explains she's a latent telepath, and her powers activated suddenly, probably at the onset of puberty. Talia wants to send her to the Earth to the Psychor. Susan says no, she needs to be brought up on charges for the theft. And Dr. Franklin says, no, it's my patient and you both need to get out. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so we kind of learn a little bit about size here, right? I mean, they're either born with their talent active yeah. or they're latent until something triggers it, which it could be puberty, but it doesn't necessarily have to be puberty. Could it be trauma? Like, I was thinking about that. Like, when they, before they said puberty, I was thinking that it could be, like, you know, because she was in a heightened state or something like that. I don't know. Because I'm still hoping for Ivanova to be Thank something. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else could trigger it? Let's put Ivanova in that state. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure by now it, sh- it should have triggered with all the trauma she's been through in her life, but... <laughs> Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. Because they mentioned a genetic record. What does that exactly mean? I mean, does that mean the size have records on everybody that had had psi ancestors? Or is that the right word? Um, you know, psi parentage. And then they're watching everybody that has that? Or... I think, they, they, I think they said... Uh, oh, so, sorry, go ahead. I think they can check the genetic code and that's it. So just her genet- her genes. They can just check her own genes and see if she's a psi. Or does it have to be like? Does it have to be like uh, manifesting for them to be able to test it or whatever? Well, the, the, if it's not manifested, why would they test? Well, they they're the psi core. They they seem to do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I mean if there was a test for it. I wonder why they wouldn't. I mean, being the psi core, I'm not saying they should. But why they haven't tested everybody whose parents were size. That's 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 why they would test it. That's what, you know, like if you want to ask the question, like, why would they test it? Well, if your parents are, then wouldn't they just normally test the kids to see? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. But there's got to be a portion of the population who parents aren't sorry, but their offspring are. So they're muggle you know, you keep yeah, exactly. You can keep all the genetic records you want, but if someone manifests in a family that sorry, in a family that hasn't got any psi history, you know, yeah, that's no, what, it's more di- yeah, it's far more difficult to pick it up. I think that's what I thought. Yeah, because it had to start somehow, anyway. So originally. Next, we see Sinclair and Garib- Garibaldi. They're going to the ceremony for the Minbari warrior. The procession arrives, led by the guy from the ship earlier. The guy, we find out, is named Elite Neroon. He's played by John Vickery. Like a lot of actors on this show, he was on Star Trek, The Next Generation, DS9, Enterprise. And he was played... He did the voice of Lucifer in the Dante's Inferno video game, which I played, and I love that game, but I had no idea that oh. Lucifer was him. Well, he seemed was... familiar, but it wouldn't be for him any of those things yeah. for me. I know, same. I thought that he was like, he did something that I saw him, but I, I liked him. Like, I mean, for a bad guy. Yeah. Or a sort of bad guy. 
Right, on the on the border. So after some introductions, Ivanova and Garibaldi take them to where the body would be viewed. Delenn and Sinclair are talking. Turns out that this kind of thing is unusual, but the dead guy's clan, the Star Riders, wanted it. Uh, Delenn doesn't seem to be too happy about it. No, indeed. What was his name? Branmer? Branmer. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She had sour face during this entire episode. She was very <laughs> huffy. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you could tell straight away she wasn't happy with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I it, it did catch me for a surprise what happened, but I just, you know, like her displeasure was well noted. <laughs> yeah, the way earlier when she kind of she asked if Garibaldi and Sinclair were going to the ceremony, but it seemed like it wasn't really a question. Like you are going to the ceremony, yep. right? Yep. Right. Hey, Malika, do you think they're married, Delenn and Sinclair? I do. I think that they're married. Yes. And okay. I mean, I'm not a huge shipper, but like, um, but I was also going to say I want um, Ivanova and uh, Garibaldi to get married. But um, <laughs> <laughs> about this, yeah, I think that when that happened, for sure. Cool. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. They just don't know it yet. Right. <laughs> she knows it. She, she knows it. That's right. That's why she's bossing him around. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better I get got used you. to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what I was wondering is, you know, because uh, basically this guy was um, the commander went on the, the Battle of the Line. And I'm just wondering what the war was like before the Battle of the Line. Were there like skirmishes on world or were there just, you know, little go in and go out missions of killing, you know, shooting up ships and stuff? Because it seems like you either can have like a big space battle or like invasion. So I'm just curious, you know, they talk well, about the Battle of the Line as a, at the big sort of standoff. I'm just wondering then what happened before that. Yeah, Vincent last week, though, he was uh, talking about the battles he had been in, and it sounded like those were battles from the Membari War. Oh, really? Okay, I did not pick that up. I did not um, think that that was from the Membari War. Uh, it could not have been from the previous uh, Dilgar War. That's too early for him. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I, I would assume there's still wars back on Earth, <laughs> right? Between countries and stuff. So that's what okay. I kind of thought it was. Um, so okay, interesting. Because because those were places he mentioned places on Earth that he was no. fighting in. No. Oh no. Was okay, new no. knew this and knew that and knew that. Oh, that's right. New Jerusalem new, was it? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's right. Because I originally thought that was Earth, but then somebody said it was. Um, I think Jason said it was a colony. Colony. Okay. Okay. Got it. Well, we have the same uh, uh, kind of naming conventions on Earth when you have a colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. But um, that wasn't where my mind went at first when I was hearing those words. <laughs> so in med lab, the girl wakes up and Talia helps her to get her con- uh, powers under control. The girl, as we found out, her name is Elisa, played by Grace Una. I looked up on IMDb, and the last role she was in was gone. Last movie she was in was Gone in sixty seconds back in two thousand. Does it say what year she was born? I'm just curious. Um, I didn't see, but let's look it up did right she quick. look older to you? <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she, she did. She did. It was bothering me. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I I don't know how she can play a girl that young, and then yeah. It doesn't say. It just says she was born in South Korea. Okay, we're just gonna say she's like at least eighteen. Yeah, I think so. This is where I wrote down terrible actress on my note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got that my first. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> A bit whiny. <laughs> so they look her up. Apparently she's been, her parents are both dead and she's been living on her own in Down Below. 
She reads Susan's mind and finds out about Susan's mother, and Talia tells her you're not supposed to read people's minds without their permission. Okay, Talia, because I, I clearly remember a little sting you did on uh, Jakar a few but episodes it, back. Yeah, so kind just, of yeah. a do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I, I, did anyone else think that um, the brick by brick thing? I think I, I think that was nice. But at the same time, I was like, it was, she caught it. She's like, it's better. Like, it was yeah. just a little bit too soon. <laughs> I've always loved the concept, though, of it. The, the idea of building that. I did, too. Behind your eyes. I, yeah. I really liked it, but I wanted to have her a little bit like, oh, it sounds horrible. I wanted to suffer a little bit more. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, you know, it just seemed a little easy. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I agree. You've got to imagine, you know, the cycle must have certain teachers who teach certain techniques. And, you know, this perhaps is Talia's best technique for blocking out the um, other voices. But there must be other techniques as well. And it must be a very first thing. Yeah, for example. Wasn't Ironheart her teacher? Well, he was one Uh, of her teachers uh, at the Psy Academy, I think. Yeah. Uh, Susan does have a special interest in this case for some reason. Yeah, what's oh, I don't wonder why. <laughs> um, Sinclair and Garibaldi next are going over security arrangements. Nerun comes in and he insists that Mengari guards guard the body of instead of Garibaldi's men. And then Nerun and Sinclair start to argue about the Battle of the Line, but Delin steps in and defuses the situation. Yeah, what were they arguing about? Oh, they're just kind of... Guy stuff. <laughs> Basically, you know, um, I'm better than you kind yeah, of thing. Or, you know, trying to one-up one, one another with uh, war stories. <laughs> um, and if he's building up to this, I was watching Delenn in the background the second or third time through, and her eyes keep on flicking between the two of them. And there's a couple of moments where she looks really pissed off at Naroon. It's kind of, you know, all this tension of the, uh, you know, uh, procession of everything is really getting to her. And she she's not doing anything at the moment whilst the two of them are uh, having their back and forth. But you can see it in her eyes. You can see it in the way she's standing. Well, you know, she's, that she's, she's holding something in. Yeah, she, and he's it's, taking down her man, like you know, <laughs> like, that's, like I can, I can, I can put him down, but you can't. <laughs> well, you just see it building up slowly, and then bam, it explodes. Yeah, I like her. Like she's so feisty. I do like her too. That's why I'm afraid. I think we're gonna find out something that we maybe oh, we can't get over. Or I something. know. I mean, I like the ambiguity. I, I'm hoping that it's like one of those things of like, oh, he's supposed to be bad, but oh, he's not. You know, that kind of thing with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like she did it for the right reasons, just like this. Like she she did those things for the right reasons, even though it's morally ambiguous. And I'm assuming, I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah. So next, the ceremony's taking place. Narun says some words. They open the casket, the casket to discover that the body is gone. Well, I was going to say, what's a casket? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mimbari casket. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly more triangular. And um, well, I know I noticed. Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing because he was wearing black, a black cloak, and and Delen was wearing a white cloak, and I'm. And I'm guessing that like he's representing the warrior cast with the black, and she's representing the religious cast with the white, which almost looked bridal, but that could just be me interpreting things. And I kind of, I don't know, did Malika, did you kind of guess that the casket was going to be empty? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With all this fuss around that, I was like, there's just no way there's anything good in that casket. Right. So I, I thought it might be empty or there just might be like, I don't know, maybe I'm gruesome, but just something that wasn't the body, put it that way. I don't know what I thought what it was. Would, what would have been a real twist is if a zombie or a vampire had come out of <laughs> it. <laughs> that would have been weird. Like, interesting the vampires episode. in space. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was a bit uneasy with this thing because the way it started out, they had a folding of a flag, which to me is very Western and very yes, human. It it's just, it and didn't also they feel did not like... do a very good job folding it. I'm going to say that. It was very no. uneven. And by the way, did you notice they ended up with a tri- triangular shape? I did. I wrote that down yeah. because the the thing as it was folded over the mm-hmm. coffin was triangular. And then when they folded it up, it was triangular again. And that made me wish that the whole coffin had been triangular, but I did notice that. I was like, very flagged ceremony, and there you go. There's a triangle. Mm-hmm. I'm at the part of Castle where Castle and Beckett start dating, so whenever I hear a casket, I'm thinking, <laughs> Castle. So, yeah, but is on that the brain. <laughs> yeah, that's their ship. That's what, is it really? That's a terrible name. At least that's, that's what they said in one episode. I'm not sure if it's a popular name. They're just trying to think of a name for each other. Oh, wow. <laughs> So next, Nerumi demands to know where the body is. Garibaldi's gonna launch a full-scale investigation. Delin says this is unforgivable, Nerun's Yeah, she really got on him. I mean, she was yeah. playing her part. Yeah, Re- yeah really playing a part well. Yeah. Yes, yes. So um, Nerun says that losing the vessel of his soul will bring his clan's wrath upon you. And goes on, this is how the last war started with the murder of Ducat. Garibaldi says that was a tragic accident. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Delin reminds Nerun that... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, uh, I was going to <laughs> stop. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, so Ducat was the leader from um, Soul Hunter, right? That they were talking about that the Soul Hunter went and tried to get his soul? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there were, he was, surra- like, he died slowly, clearly. <laughs> because mm. he was surrounded by Mimbari when he died. Am I remembering that correctly? Um, they basically—that's what, what you told. Oh yeah, they stopped that's, oh, the order from getting. Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. So basically, <clears throat> if what they're saying here is true, is that Earth accidentally killed their leader somehow on Mimbari on the Mimbari planet, or at least he died there, and that's what started the Holy War, which I think they called it a Holy War later. Right. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, again, it raises more questions than it answers, but... Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Because we can't have an episode without getting more questions. Um, so that was, yeah, so that was interesting. So, I think that was a prediction from Earth. She made Elizabeth. Wait, did I? Yeah, that Earth... Well, was it? Oh, that Earth started the war, you mean? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> So Delid reminds Nerun that it's not their way to let a single clan dictate policy and suggests letting uh, Garibaldi go on with his investigation. Susan comes in and <laughs> tells Sinclair about what's been going on with Elisa, and Sinclair agrees to back her, whatever she decides to do. Well, he's kind of going, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. I'm too busy at the moment to deal with that. Yeah. Like no, he your, was nice about it. I mean, got your yeah, yeah, line. he was nice about it, but at the same time, he did kind of brush her off fairly quickly, and we, we don't get another scene between the two of them. Until so well, it, we get a scene at the end between 
um, Elisa and um, Sinclair, but we don't get another scene between Ivanova and um, Sinclair. Uh, in Delin's quarters, Sinclair and Delin are talking about why someone would want to take the body. Um, Delin says that Branmar was a priest when he was in the religious caste, but the holy war against Earth forced him to become a warrior. During the war, the religious caste was the one that issued the surrender. Bradmar agreed, but some others disagree, and Narun seems to be looking for a rematch. He does, and I have to admit I fell for the uh, lead there where he... I thought he had um, taken the body to start a new war. So I was terrible at guessing, but um, <clears throat> is it a spoiler? I mean, I, I guess it would be a spoiler, right, to ask if, if we find out what that triangle game thingy that she keeps playing with is for? I don't know, but... <laughs> well, we have seen it the last few episodes, and she mm-hmm. does keep on working on it. Yeah. Does it like a does game, it, or is it... Does it or does he it's like build a, something? Lego, it's a Lego set. Ah, that's it. <laughs> She's really bored. Jenga, yeah. Well, maybe... Uh, yeah, I have no idea what it would be for. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like almost like a representation of her, you know, putting putting players and moving players around and doing stuff, but I don't think that's that. It's pretty, though. Mm, yeah, it's colorful. Yeah. And also even made me notice on Sinclair's desk, <clears throat> the scene previous, previous scene, um, there were like two clear glass triangles on his desk, but I thought maybe maybe they were like awards or something. I couldn't tell. I keep looking at triangles. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, just going on. Unless you want to go into this bit more, one thing this scene really brought to me was that this episode full of great two-handers. You've got this scene. You've got a couple of others. You've got. Um, a really short one coming up soon between Garibaldi and the Tart. You've got Ivanova with Alicia or Ivanova with Talia or Talia and Alicia. Okay, some of those actresses aren't that great according to some people, but the scenes are good. The content is good. Whether yes. the performance is, that's a personal thing. I completely agree. I find it really interesting, even if I didn't care about the performance. Next, we see Garibaldi questioning Natath about the disappearance of the body. She says the Norm Regina has done a lot of good things, but body snatching isn't one of them. She suggests that he go ask around in the alien sector. Well, I was glad to see her again. Anyway, yeah. me too. She just makes me <laughs> laugh. Like anytime she's on screen, it's a good time. Yeah, I just like the way she performs that role. She's just brilliant in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and funny. And then, um, but also just to do that under so much makeup, it's like, I, yeah. I can't even imagine, you know? Like Jacob. Exactly. In Med Lab, Talia has given Elisa new clothes courtesy of the Psychor, and she promises that the Psychor take care of their own. Susan arrives and tells Elisa about their mother, and I know that Susan is investigating other options for her. I think in one of our first episodes, Heidi said that she wanted to see a character discover that they're psychic and have to make a decision on what they want to do. So I remember that. Here. That she's yeah, not here. It really is. I mean, one thing about this scene as well, Alicia must really identify with Ivanova here because her mother died when she was quite young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah. that's already there for her to identify with Ivanova. Yeah. So next, Nerun finds Garibaldi. One of Garibaldi's men finds him. He's found a piece of Branmer's burial robe outside the quarters of the Pakmara, who are carrion eaters. 
So did like Delenn and her crew frame them? <laughs> I guess so. Someone must work. have, yeah. Maybe. Huh. Maybe she uh, tore off a bit of the robe, gave it to Lanier and said, here, run it down by the Pagmarale quarters. <laughs> I don't want to think that of her. Maybe yeah, she just... Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of bad. Like, maybe she just, like, accidentally... I know. She probably did leave it there for suspicion, but I'd like to just think that, by accident, a piece came that, off. Or one, or one of her aides, Lanier or one of the other uh, religious cast that she got help with here, actually took it on their own to plant the evidence, and she doesn't know anything about it. Uh, let's hope for that. But again, like, I think that she's morally ambiguous, which makes her interesting, so... Yes. Yeah. I wonder if Lanier wasn't in this episode because JMS was angry with his chanting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that or he's off, you know, riding Garibaldi's bike around the station. Right, that too. I looked up this security guy that brought them the piece of the robe. He was in an episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was a big topic of discussion last week on Intro to Briscoe. I think most of it got edited out, but still a little bit is in there. So Garibaldi goes to question the Pakmara, and they, of course, deny being responsible. Responsible. Uh, Garibaldi's going to insist that they all have their stomachs pumped. Eh. <laughs> Stumbling over words here. This seemed a little bit excessive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did. There should be bones there, if because uh, there was like a whole bunch of bones in his on the ground. I mean, look through the bones. <laughs> I know, like do hmm. some DNA samples or something, but like. Everybody had to get their stomachs pumped. I mean, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, don't exactly know the Pakmaral population of the station, do we? I guess I was just assuming that, you know, there was a lot. I mean, more than two is a lot for me to stomach pump, you know, pump stomach. So I don't know. <laughs> Never had my stomach pumped, but that can't be a lot of fun. I don't think. No. Yeah. Pumped. Even for the guy doing the work, you know, Franklin here really didn't find that pleasant. He what did didn't he say? like it. He went through two overcoats or something like that? Two, two lab coats had to be destroyed, I think he said. <laughs> and they could have just used Elisa, just to, to read their mm. minds. Yeah. <laughs> so next we see Natak offering Elisa a life of luxury on the Narn homeworld in exchange for tissue samples. <laughs> so this offer is kind of like the offer that Jakar made to Lita in the pilot. Sounds yeah. very much like, yeah, yeah, except that was a little bit more suggestive. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, yeah. it was like, hey, come have sex with me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, like, he, I, I, I guess that's the way he rolls, Jakar. Like, well, uh, well, Ivanova did interrupt the proposition, so perhaps that's mm. might have gone there. Wow. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jakar uh, has a thing for human women, we, we found out, so true. that was yeah. his own little thing. But it's interesting to note that the Narns are the only race without telepaths. I wonder if she yeah. just meant the only race of the five, That's... or she meant literally the only race. Yeah, yeah, that is she. The way she phrased it sounded like it was the only race, but you could read it as it's the only of the major five. There might be a minor race out there who doesn't have telepaths, but they're not worth talking about for the Narn. <laughs> uh, that would be so narn. <laughs> yeah. That's so narn. So, so narn. Yeah. Oh, and um, by the way, um, whoever was hoping that um, when they were describing narn, they talk about narnian. It's not. <laughs> it's narnish. Narnish. <laughs> it's not. It's narnian. I like narnian. <laughs> yeah, that would be better. Yeah, so Elisa tries to get a glimpse of the Narn home world from the Toth mine, and she says it was cold, ugly, and alien. 
Okay, so this get, is where this is where she really bothered me. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> it was just at this point I was like, if it wasn't so interesting and fascinating, like like it was good content, right? It's like, it, why is that? That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just the way it was written could have been performed in completely another way, but she performed it as if she was five years younger. She, <laughs> she was eighteen, yeah. and she and she aims at twelve. <laughs> like I don't know, yeah. or like eight. <laughs> Make it go away. <laughs> yeah, it was more like a cold and dark. <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> Franklin tells her to remember that when she considers the offer. Yeah. Next, Garibaldi gets the lab results from Dr. Franklin. They didn't find any Minbari in the stomachs of the carrion eaters. Uh, so now Garibaldi have to start looking in the beams and rafters to try to find the body. Why didn't he just do that in the first place? Like, uh, again, with the stomach pumping. Very interesting. <laughs> I would be pretty mad if I was living, like, on a station and somebody just comes up, yeah, I'm going to have to pump your stomach. Sorry. Yeah, I think I would, too. Because they didn't yeah. really, there was no real reason other than, like, they could. Like, you know, they, they potentially could eat somebody, right? So that's the reason. Yeah, but... yeah I, th- I think it might also have been... Garibaldi That's... having this um, Membari down his neck, it's right, I've got to do something. Okay, we'll pump your stomach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's for show? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you said for sure. Okay. No, for, <laughs> oh my god. No, for, 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 for the sake. Oh, sh- I'll show them when we do something. <laughs> The Narud is upset that Garibaldi's wasting time checking stomach contents. He says he's going to have his ship tear the station apart if Garibaldi can't find the body. Well, that wouldn't be very useful. <laughs> yeah, let's destroy it. I think you'd find it yeah, that way. He sounded so menacing here, and I'm like, what authority does he have to really, like, tear the ship apart? Like, does he just mean that... They're just going to come in and look really, like, you know, like, look, like, look a lot, you know? Like, I mean, what, what is, what is, like, you can't tear no. Babylon 5 apart. Like, it was very confusing to me. <laughs> no, I think, I think he was trying to say, right, if you can't find his body, we'll destroy this station with our big, big guns. Really? Yeah. Like, he would go that yes. far? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then that well, is thought, a little bit more menacing. <laughs> I thought he was threatening that, but I don't but know it, if he would actually go that far. While well, his demeanor was definitely like that. Okay, well, I just thought that would be really ridiculous, and so nobody would really do that. So, oh, okay. <laughs> next, uh, next we see Talia. She's saying that Elisa is a high P10, which Elisa jokingly says that might get Natalia to go up on her offer. Uh, Ivanova tells her a little bit more about the Narn homeworld and how they make slaves of their victims, kind of like the Psychor. So that gets Susan <laughs> and Talia another <laughs> argument. <laughs> Which Susan brought up Ironheart, and that pissed off Talia. And they don't well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Talia's not more pissed off about Ironheart, you know? Mm-hmm. What was done to him. Yeah. But she's yeah, like, she's why? Very su- Go ahead. Oh, she's going to say the same thing. Yeah, uh, she's, she's like very supportive of the Psychor. At the same time, though, he gave her a really big secret to keep. You know, she he secretly gave her telekinesis. She wants to keep that quiet. Yes. So she's supporting them because she wants to pretend to be completely into the psych course so they don't investigate her? That's what I'm thinking. She's trying to put up this front of, right, don't go anywhere near Ironheart and get really upset if anyone brings him up. She might move that- something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would think that if she was trying to hide something from the psych or she would not have want to have anything to do with 
getting somebody to the psych core or I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's, uh, it's probably giving her too much credit. I was going to say, maybe she's kind of like playing along, but secretly has, I don't know. Cause I mean, that, that's what struck me here is I was like, why is she so gung ho when that episode was so clearly, you know, they weren't yeah. doing right things for him, you know? So I, I see what you mean. I think it's a bit more complex, her feelings towards the core because you know, they, they've done so much to help her in the past that I think she really feels an intense loyalty towards Core. But at the same time, with what happened with Ironheart, she's starting to question that. But when it comes to the safety of this young girl, she thinks the most important thing is to help her with her um, abilities and help her come to terms with it. And she thinks the best way to do that is to bring her into the fold in the core. At least they know how to look after telepath. No one else does. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it, that begs the question that I wonder, like, on other worlds, if they all have their own little psychors. It doesn't seem like the Membari do, but... Um, yeah, what I about... Sh- um? The Membari, I mean, they don't seem to either, so is it a human thing? Because it seems like she'll be okay going to... I mean, she's going to go and she's not going to get training from Psychor, so Tali wasn't like, oh no, you're going to die or anything. And so I, I guess you could just do it on your own. I mean, isn't that what um, Ivanova's mother did? She had well, the ability, um, yes, but they but found she her. Was trying to, yeah, she was trying to hide from the Psychor. I think this is a new, unique case because of where they are. Because Elisa broke out on Babylon 5, um, she basically is in a unique position because of Babylon 5's supposed neutrality. Uh, yeah. Hmm. E- even though it's an Earth-run installation. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I this this interests me. This, like, subplot or whatever interests me a lot. Yeah, I really want to find out more because if you think about if there were actual telepaths in our world... Um, you know, I would think that, yeah, there would be some kind of regulations or mm-hmm. some kind of oversight yeah. uh, because that would be dangerous. But at the same time, most people aren't going to use that ability for evil. <laughs> I would well, hope. Anyways, I think there would be a lot of mistrust. Yes. You know, if, um, you know, someone has psychic abilities, I think that the population as a whole would be really mistrustful of them and kind of like nervous to be around them. So I would think that there would have to be some kind of I don't know, something something to help train them, but then also, I don't know, prevent them from reading other people's minds like so easily. I don't know. Yeah, keep right, it or at least a disclosure. Like, they'd have to mm-hmm. disclose. Yeah, right. well, uh, for example, the rule that Talia told Elisa earlier in the episode, you're not supposed to read someone's mind without their permission. That's been drilled into Talia ever since she can remember, and it's the first rule she tells Elisa, don't scan someone's mind without permission first. But was she scanning her mind, or was it similar to what we saw last episode, right. where that guy was talking to Ivanova and he just happened to read, you know, things from her mind? Because that, that they can't even help. It seems like because he was a P ten. Yeah, perhaps there's a bit of gray area there where you know you, sometimes you can't control it, but sometimes if you can control mm-hmm. it, you're not supposed to intentionally read someone's mind. Right. But right. if you accidentally sure. read someone's mind, that's kind of a gray area, and it's okay because it can be argued, you know, someone else provoked that, that emotion in the 
two, a, you know, cause some bleed over and things like that. There's a lot of ambiguity here because, or a lot of gray area because, uh, I mean, who's to say, like, you know, it's not like unless they, they have this habit of announcing whenever they read someone's mind, like, oh, you think this. <laughs> yes, But exactly. I mean, like, you know, who's to say that they can't just kind of get by by, like, reading people's minds here and there and, like, not making a big deal about it and, you know, just... I mean, because that's a, you know, I mean, like, how are you supposed to trust someone like that? You know, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like what I was, oh, go ahead. Sorry, and that's kind of where you get in uh, on some of the other uh, side of things. Uh, whereas Ivanova had specific problem be, uh, with the cycle because of her mother. Other people have exactly that um, fear you've just mentioned of, yeah, how do you know if they might be reading our minds anyway? What's to stop them? Mm-hmm. Right, it's not mm-hmm. cut and dried like any kind of regulation is evil. You know, she's coming at it from a very personal perspective, which, granted, is not <laughs> is not something that we would consider to be a good thing. I mean, requiring somebody to take drugs, and um, so it definitely is a gray area. Um, well, well, you say that. Um, I know it's a radical example, but pedophilia. You you know, if you discover someone's a pedophile, you know. And you can control that urge. Mm. Well, I don't you think can that provide people, them with drugs. It's, I think it's, that only happens right. when they're arrested for acting on their pedophilia, and then they're and that's the treatment. I don't think they just yes, you know, but I'm figure out say, somebody's a pedophile and force them to take drugs. Uh, but um, it's uh, I think a lot of these rules come from a, a root of fear. If you get what I mean, um, yeah. that fear may be completely rational, but it's still fear. Mm-hmm. If you get yeah. what I mean. And so those three rules, join the court, take the drugs, go to prison, they're all quite extreme, but they can be argued completely rationally because of the extreme nature of telepathy. Yeah, it's like the punishment is so severe because... The um, potential for abuse is so severe. Yeah. I mean, I guess in the case of pedophilia, it's just that it's so awful, right? But here yeah, it's like yeah. so... It's, it's so easy uh, it's to just, do. It's just I was trying to... I was sorry about that. I was struggling to find a appropriate analogy, and yeah, that was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> uh, you know, it's both. They're both. Yeah. They're, well, okay. Uh, well, you yeah. want to threaten? I can't go into point is that, Yeah, you want to threaten something so severe, and that so that instills fear in those people, so that they don't like the thought of being found out about it is so awful that they'll prevent them from doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is, it's very fear based. I mean, this whole system that they have is very fear based because they're basically acting as if somebody's going to misuse that power. Um, or there's a great chance that they're going to misuse that power. When in fact, I mean, maybe it would, maybe it would be a power that would be so tempting to use, even in subtle ways, that most people wouldn't be able to, to have that power without misusing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, it's not necessarily like they mean bad. I mean, you would have those people who kind of manipulate, but like, you know, you could say people pick stuff up on, you know, intuition. You can pick stuff up on um, body language or this or that and the other. Like, who's to say where that line is, you know, kind of mm-hmm. dipping a little into mind or maybe they don't even mean it. And they, they they don't really know the difference between like good intuition and like reading someone's body language and actually reading their mind. You know, that would seem like it'd be very hard to be like, well, this is this and this is that when you're so like your nature is to automatically like you know i mean you just have that ability yeah yeah so basically they'd have to uh, this is another reason i think potentially why they try and um 
put everyone who's got telepathy into education uh, from the looks of it quite so young. You know, Elisa's going back to the core and she's, what, a teenager at the moment. She's not going back and then join the core when she's 18. She's being inducted right now when she's still a teenager. And there must be an awful lot of education that's needed for something like this. Years of practice, basically, to distinguish between reading someone and just normally picking up on body language and stuff. Years of controlling your talent so you don't you know accidentally read someone or you know you can block out all the noise and things like that or as savannah might quite intensive or savannah might say brainwashing (laughs) yes yes that's the other point of view but and then we have these unintended consequences now because we have uh, the psychor which is clearly abusing their power um so you have all these uh, very powerful telepaths all in one place and you're going to have a faction of them that do want power, more power. And so now they're blackmailing political leaders and, you know, put, setting people to inquire uh, about Babylon 5 and stuff. So, I mean, either way, there's bad consequences. So it's a fascinating subject that they really could have a whole show on <laughs> itself. Yeah. It, it, has there been a show, a, a TV show about this topic? Or I don't even know. I'm not sure whether the TV show going in as deep as that. I mean, you've got things like The Tomorrow People, which has been remade three times now, but they only touch the surface of it. I Is mean, that what it's about? The, Telepathy? <sighs> Some of it. Oh. Well, it's basically about teenagers who develop psychic powers. And I was just waiting for the remake to go in deep and actually at least touch the surface of what you know it's all about, and they never did. Uh, the pre- well, it was on the CW, so yeah. they were more interested in like, <laughs> what they oh my god, like. I'm in love with who, and they're in love with yeah, me. I watched it, I watched it. But, but the- there's good shows on CW, I mean... No, I agree with you. Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> but, I gave up on Arrow. Yeah. Oh, how could you? Oh, <laughs> no, it's awesome. Anyway, the previous two versions, one was in the 70s and very much was far more of a kids' TV show. And then the version in the 90s was kind of an in-between stage from the modern version and the 70s version. But at the same time, they never really dealt with, yeah, the consequences that much. So Elisa tells them both to stop arguing and they don't even ask what she wants. She... When they do, she wants to know the truth about all of her choices, and Susan says there's one more choice. So she takes Elisa to see Delenn. Delenn tells her that for the Mimbari, Psy abilities are considered a gift, and Psy's are respected within their culture. Elisa looks into Delenn's mind. She sees some guys in white robes freezing the guards that are guarding the coffin, and then they open the coffin... I did not get what I was seeing when I when the, I watched this the first time. I had no idea what she saw in her yeah. mind. I was so confused. Here's the funny thing. I thought that it was Delenn. Like, that's... I thought they showed her. And so until you just said they were some guys, I didn't realize that it wasn't her. So I was like, why later? Like, I have this in my notes. Like, why later did she not just come out 
and say, I saw you do this, instead of saying, was there something about a dead body, blah, blah, blah? Yeah. I thought it was still in. Well, I know why yeah. you did, because they'd had a weird, like, close-up on the face, mm-hmm. as if we were supposed to know who that was. Yeah, and I was watching, like, on a monitor, so... I yeah, I mean, it was, uh, like, a uh, very, like, you know, dramatic close-up, and mm-hmm. it made you think that you knew who that person was. I don't think that scene was filmed very well, um, just in terms of what it's trying to convey from one thing and another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If... If Elise is reading Delenn's mind, what is this? Is this what she had told them to do? The, the, is this a construct of the plan that was to go ahead? Or was she in the room? And is this exactly. a memory of her? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we, we should be able to see it from, if it's her memory, we should be seeing it from her view. Right. So is she just standing there? <laughs> or is she <laughs> like looking, watching them? Or is she what? Is this a memory of Delenn watching a visual record of the event? Uh, or is it how Delenn pictured got... what happened in her mind? Yeah. 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 It's not very clear at all. No. Nope. The interesting thing to bring away, though, is Delenn sensed when she was being scanned, and she seemed to be able to shut off her thoughts fairly quickly. Yes. Well, I have to say that maybe it was the actress, but she didn't, like, hide it very well. She was, like, staring no. at her and turning her head. <laughs> Oh, I know. I think everyone in the room was like, "What are you seeing?" Obviously, <laughs> um, yeah. I think that I think that. See, this is where I thought Delenn was gonna own up to it before they actually confronted her, um, because because I think she knew she was being scanned. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just expect supernatural things out of Delenn, but I was just like, "Oh, she knows." Yeah. So this is when Elisa wants to leave suddenly, and Delenn looks like she's a little worried. Outside, Elisa tells Susan that. She asks if there's something going on about a dead body, and she tells Susan that she knows what happened to it, and Susan calls Garibaldi. This is where the two plots come together. So, about psychic abilities now, I mean, I know that, you know, they can be broadcast if the person's in a heightened state, but do they also sense the emotion? I don't know if there's anything like that, because I was thinking about this, and I was like, I I don't know, do they also sense the emotion along with the thought? Like... Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, like um, like how she felt about this dead body, that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. I don't know, because uh, kind of um, last episode, the guy, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, Gray? Was it yeah, Gray? Mr. Gray. He kind of yeah. sensed that uh, Ivanova had very strong emotions about her mother. Yeah, he, um, he could sense, um, what's his name's rage, didn't he? Didn't oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't know if that's just because... Um, he was able to read his thoughts rather than like actually feel like it would just be interesting to know if it's if it's just the thoughts or if it's also the feelings like could you know such strong feelings I don't know like could they pick up on that would that take an emotional toll on them that kind of thing see I'm just more interested in finding out more about yeah. this whole thing yeah if I was to guess I would guess yes that they can probably feel very strong emotion anyways that would be my guess but I I don't know well, clearly they can have inflict emotions because in the last episode, Grey looked at uh, Zane and said pain. So that to me, he said he was sending pain to um, Zane's uh, brain so they can project emotion. It must mean they can read it. Yeah, I don't know if there's much of it. I don't know what the difference is between the pain center of the brain and... Because uh, the pain center of the brain is tied to emotions, I know that, but... Um, I don't know. Hmm. It's just something I remembered, so keep that in mind, I suppose. Uh, Sinclair goes back to his quarters and finds it trashed. So- <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's in this drawer. Let me take all this stuff out of the drawer. <laughs> so oh, what- this place is trashed. I won't say light straight away, because that'll just take me to 
less than a second sight. I'll just <laughs> let whoever's in here attack me first. Yeah. So somebody attacks him, and they have a fight, and Sinclair wins. And this was this was the second time that um, there was like a dun 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 like commercial break. <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> How about that fight scene? Though? <laughs> Punches and the kick. Yeah. Sinclair, I mean, the guy that attacks Sinclair turns out to be Nerun, who wanted to search the one place that wasn't searched. But Garibaldi comes along and says, yeah, they already searched there, and Delane observed them. So they escort Nerun away. Alicia comes in and tells Sinclair what she saw in Delane's head. And next, Sinclair and Garibaldi go to see Delane, who has the ashes of Branmar. And she's... Hey, sorry, I just... Did you know she was keeping them in a cardboard box? A cardboard box. Maybe it's just the way I saw the prop. The prop just looked like a cardboard box to me. You mean, Uh, but you're not talking about the urn. You're talking about what she had, what she took it out of. Oh, I didn't even notice what that was. Yeah. Well, it looked looked like a cardboard box. It did. (laughs) I I, I don't know why I'm picking up on all these small little bits. Perhaps because... You know, the rest of the episode has some nice things to talk about that. These little bits and pieces that kind of bring the episode down, you know, a bit of set design or a badly filmed scene really brings the episode down and I really notice them in contrast oh. with the cool content. Oh, see, I I had no idea why you were talking about the cardboard box. I was like, oh my gosh, is that a clue? <laughs> Do you need to pay attention to this cardboard box? No. It's just, just, I I seem to be picking up a lot on a lot of extraneous detail because, you know, it just seems out of place. Yeah, got it. That would be out of place, yeah. So Delyn explains that she did what she did because she felt an obligation to Bran Mar as as a member of the religious cast. He's an old friend and she knew that he wanted a simple funeral. And they're going to send, she wants to send his ashes back home and scatter them in space. And she's going to say that it was a true religious mystery, explain what happened. But since Garibaldi and Sinclair had promised to tell Nerun everything they knew, Delin agrees to tell Nerun the truth, but she's going to do it her way. Her way. Mm. So why didn't you do this from the beginning? I don't know. Because plot. Yeah, we needed <laughs> we needed forty five minutes. Because <laughs> I was just like she she almost incriminated several other people. Some people in a while ago, she it didn't seem like she was doing anything to like you know say that it was a true li- religious mystery or anything like that yet. So it's like when is she going to come out with this? And why didn't she just yeah. talk After to this the guy? Whole... The... Why oh, is she risking war? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If she's trying to do all of this because she dislikes the fact he was a warrior, why risk all this and almost provoke another war? Yeah, this that that part was just a little silly to me. She owes uh, Cockmara an apology. She uh, really does. Yeah. After somebody has to get their stomach pumped because of something you did, that's where I draw the line. Uh, still, it, I mean, it does raise an interesting thing. What's more important, the individual's wishes for you know for what should happen to them after the death or the importance they hold for the people and you know the the actual emotional connection you know a group of people a large group of people have to you and to your death and to your body or your own personal wishes for something simple but I think wasn't it more than that, though, because it's kind of like what that kind of funeral represents. And for him, it represented the military side. And uh, what's his face? Um, Naroon 
completely ignored his wishes in order to give him this military-style funeral, in essence then promoting the military side of things. So I think she saw it as his wish, but also she saw it as, you know, a promotion of the military mindset as well. Yeah, it's a good point. And I suppose (laughs) more promotion of this mindset, it's kind of perhaps fueling the rift between the two clans. Mm-hmm. So next, Delin has told Naruna he's upset, but she says that if he contradicts her story, the Star Rider clan will be destroyed and dishonored by the Great Council. <clears throat> she also orders him. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out if she was saying that they would be destroyed by the Great Council, or yeah, if she thought that, or dishonored by the Great Council, or if he, she was saying that the fact that he ignored. Branmer's wishes would then get out, and that would dishonor them. The, the quote, the quote says, "Dishonored by your actions." Uh. Okay, so it was like that would get out that he ignored Branmer's wishes. Yes. Yeah, and his actions. I mean, she also says something earlier that you know. The, well, they both say he was father. Uh, his father was warrior and his mother was religious. She says, you know, which takes precedent. Does that mean, you know, it's a matriarchal thing and whatever the mother is takes precedent? Or does that mean religious takes precedent over warrior? That's a, a good question. About, I have yeah. a note about that that JM has said, but that the religious seems to take precedent. So it's like by birth? That's so weird. Um... Yeah, Delin also orders Nerun to apologize to Sinclair privately and see her working on her Lego set some more. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Nerun apologizes to Sinclair and Nerun's a little surprised, seems a little surprised when Sinclair says he wants to pay tribute to Branmar. So in the garden. Oh, and they have a very awkward handshake. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So in the garden, Sinclair and Delin are talking about Elisa. We found out that Elisa is going to go with the Minbari, and she could be an instrument of communication between humans and the Minbari. So I'll ask Malika, uh, do you think we're going to see Elisa again? I hope not. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like, because I actually, like I said, like we've kind of discussed, I like this um I like the plot. I just don't like the actress. So I hope right. that this comes up, but like maybe in a different way, you know? Um, maybe she'll have aged and they'll put a different actress <laughs> in her place. Or they'll have the same actress realizing that she's 18. <laughs> like, or she doesn't play 14 <laughs> very well. Yeah. But I, but I like the theme of this and I'm hoping that we see more of it. Yeah. I would like to see what like the telepaths on, what is the, is it Mimbari world called Mimbari? <laughs> <laughs> Remember? I don't know. <laughs> we haven't heard the name yet, I don't think, but okay. we will do at some point. Okay. But we as haven't as yet. Membar is what I'm going That sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> but. Wow. Oh, anyways, I'd like to see like what the different telepaths on the different, um, of the different races, how, how they are organized or how they act or their differences. So that would be kind of interesting. Next, we see Elisa is leaving. She says her goodbyes to Susan and Talia. And she wants to go the rest of the way by herself. Then she does. <laughs> but Talia offers to buy Susan a drink to make up for how impolite she was. Do we sense a little bit uh, thawing? Yeah. Next, uh, Sinclair stops Elisa and asks if she saw anything else in Delenn's mind. There was one thing, one word, chrysalis, which is a cocoon. Oh, boy. And she leaves 
Now, what is this about the touching and the dying? Like, what, what I, I missed that part. Like, when they're touched, they die. I don't remember. Oh, no, I don't. Really? Because, like, um, she's, because he said, he said chrysalis, and she says chrysalis, and he's like, yeah, I think it's like a cocoon. I'm like, you don't know what a chrysalis is? And then um, she said, <laughs> cocoon. She's like, but something about when you touch them, they die. Like, why would she be thinking that? Okay, I'm going to have to rewatch that because I missed I that. Don't I don't think remember. She's... No, I think it. I think she said more when she touched that. Uh, she shut down really quickly. As yes. in, that's what prompted Delenn to control her thoughts and shut down. Oh, the okay. That, the fact that um, Elisa picked up on the on Delenn being involved in the missing body was a problem for Delenn, but she wasn't as concerned as got it. Yeah, the this memory that. She's more concerned with shutting down this memory that has any something to do with Chrysalis than what's just happened. So it must be more important than what she did in this episode. Right. Instead of the dead body, she was more concerned about the whole Chrysalis thing. And that caused yes. more emotion from her. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Why would that be? Because the hole in Sinclair's mind is a Chrysalis for something else. Yeah, so oh, she... they created a chrysalis in his mind. Yeah, it's it has to do. It, it must have. Okay, my I think my original theory was that it had to do with Ducat or something of that nature, and I I have to still think that, but because of their whole belief in reincarnation and and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this has to do with. It must have to do with the hole in Sinclair's mind. I can't imagine what else it would have to do with. Oh yeah, it definitely does. But All right, so and this was... was supposed to be the second to last episode of the season. Right. Okay. Hmm. Why do we know? Do we know um, why they um, why they moved the episode? Um, don't know. Hmm. Maybe one of those things where they sent the wrong episode order out by mistake and couldn't <laughs> change it. <laughs> to be honest, considering what episodes are coming up, it doesn't make too much of a difference. No, it just means the we're not going to made... find out anything about Sinclair and Delane until at least the last <sighs> episode of the season. So frustrating. It is. But there's so much, like, I was thinking about this. I, there are so many things that they've brought up this season that we still have to find out about. I mean, there's a huge list of things. You're still and there's no years. way. Yeah, exactly. There's no way we're going to be able to deal with it all this season. It, it's all going to come back. So I just, I'm just curious as to what we're even going to get this season. Yeah, I know. There's like, that's why, you know, like you guys were asking me about um, how I found the show and like a lot of the the episode by episode stuff i mean one or two were interesting but this whole plot stuff i mean like the the arc stuff there's so many questions i'm just like if they answer some of it or one of it or whatever i'd be happy because they really interest me mm-hmm. cool. i agree this is the great thing about the first season it brings up so many questions so many things you want to know more about and you're just really tantalized and wet your teeth to get yourself into the rest of the story they just have to keep feeding us bones once in a while, really. I know. Like, what, what's up with the with the Narn bot um, mind? Like, I want to know yeah. whether it's dark and cold. Like, that's just you can give me that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what about I the know. fact they don't have any te- telepaths as well? They're, so oh, they're cold. definitely going to. They, they have to get one by the end of the show, right? But it can't. It won't be a Narn telepath. It'll be. Oh, like, it'll be yeah. some evil uh, Earth telepath that's crossed over or something. Hmm. Lita hmm. will come back and she will meet with Jakar and create a baby. What if Talia evil turns evil? What if Talia turns evil and they kind of take her over and then she's got this, you know, 
um, telekinesis as well. Like that's. Ooh. And then she has to battle Ivanova, who's just learning her powers. Yeah. But she's stronger than she really knew. Yes, because Talia's only P five. Well, I don't know what she is now with her telekinesis, but well, yeah. you don't know. We don't know if, if the telekinesis changed the, the telepathic right. abilities. Yeah, exactly. I really want to see like Ivanova and Talia just like happen, you know, knockout dragout fight. That would be fun. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I know who will be rooting for in that. I know exactly. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that was the end of the episode, so how about some quotes of the week? I didn't think there was a whole lot in this episode. Oh, no? Well, if you think that... I mean, there was a lot of good stuff, but not what I wanted to quote. Go ahead, Yan. I I have a few, but I would like you to go first. Well, the only one I have is Ivana, but there's nothing more annoying than Mr. Garibaldi when he's right. Uh, I love that one. (laughs) That's fine. Want to go, Yan? Oh, no one else? Uh -uh. Oh, yeah, but go ahead. I would wait for you and um, Makira. Uh, no, I have... That was the one that I have. And I had one more and I'm trying to find it. And if I find it, I'll say it if no one says it. But I'm trying to find it right now. Okay, well, I have one. It's Sinclair says... It's between Sinclair and Elite Naroon. And it's Sinclair. This isn't the line, Elite Naroon. No, we were in control there. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I've got a back and forth. Uh, if someone can remember the other lines, I've got them written down. But if other, if you can do a, uh, the tough lines, cause, uh, so if you want to go first, cause I want someone else to run this with me. Oh, I only <laughs> the have. The tough line? <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, it's, which, it's which the, part? The, the tough thing. Um, yeah. you oh. know, I'll start okay. it then. Okay. Why don't you check her teeth while you're at it? Oh, see, I only have, I just have the next line. I think, think that's, that's a, a good idea. idea. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but then later on when she's leaving, she's good idea about the teeth. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's, <laughs> that's why I needed someone else because you need that back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, that's where I kind of fell in love with her a little bit more. I was just like, yeah. good idea about the teeth. <laughs> yeah, the, the way she said it. Yeah. I, I have one that's, that's dark and I didn't really like it. And I thought it was supposed to be funny, but anyway, it's like, oh, by the way, do you know what they, they say narn tastes like? Yeah. Like yeah. chicken. I don't, I was like, this is a horrible line. But it was. was. Yeah. I, just, I, I had to it. say it because it was so it, terrible. But yeah. it's a really good line at the same time because it's one of those bad jokes that. Well, that's why I said it. <laughs> that's great. It, but it's, you know, we hear bad jokes every day, but you know, this is a bad joke for them. If you know, yeah, they look like they enjoyed it, or at least the doctor did. Hmm. He looked like he found it amusing. I was like, oh god. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I've got one last one. You talk like a Membari commander. Yeah, that's a. See, I want to know what that's about. Does he have Membari in his blood? Could he be a half breed? I don't know. He has a Bavari caterpillar or whatever. His brain. <laughs> yeah, maybe they like in- injected some Bavari something in him, like during this whole thing, and that's part of it. Because wasn't it last episode two that it kind of came up? I forget what it was. Um, or maybe it's just this, this episode. I thought she said something else to him that oh oh about the it was a true seeker thing. Yes. Oh yes, the true seeker. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't figure out if she meant because he's seeking about what happened to him or there's something we don't know. Could be both. Could be both. Could be one of them. Any others? Well, I have uh, a little exchange, Sinclair. I don't take kindly to threats. And Nurun, I do not make threats, Commander. And I I have one more. Uh, Let's see if I can find it. 
while you're looking for it, yeah, was it just on. me? I don't know if it's just because I was I knew I was going to podcast this episode or what, but the music really struck me. In some sense, some places it was really overpoweringly cheesy. Anyone else notice that, or has it has been the whole series? There was one place where I noticed the music in this episode. I can't remember when it was. And, and when you notice the music, there's something wrong. Yeah, it was almost yeah. like there was, there was twice where it was like a dun-dun-dun. It was really just like heavy-handed. I, I think uh, part of it is, you know, it's the, I have to say again, it's the time it was produced. Um, it's kind of in that transition state between... You know, having music for an episode and having musical stings because for a lot of sci-fi previous to this, you would have musical stings, which would be just a few seconds long. Da da da, as you said. Whereas this, they're trying, they're trying to introduce a musical score throughout, but at the same time, you still have those stings. Actually, and yeah, it becomes Sorry. more, it becomes more cinematic that way, doesn't it? Yeah, introducing a score, but what I'm trying to say is sometimes you, what will happen is you'll have the score and then ever so often in this episode, as an example, um, at the moment, you've got these stings that have to come in right before the credit, you know, the not the credits, the um, ad break comes in and yeah. it's almost something, you know, two different styles clashing. Yeah. And that's when you notice it. So they're trying to head in the right direction of, you know, but it's probably audience expectation too. Yeah, I get that. I think so, yeah. Could easily be so. I have the final quote here. The future in exchange for the past? I think that's very worthy. Wait, who said that again? Was that Sinclair or? That was Sinclair. Okay, Sinclair. To to Dylan Dylan and and to Alisa. Okay. So now let's go to our characters of the week. Who's human of the week? (sighs) Who? Yeah. I would always choose Ivanova, but that's just because I would always choose Ivanova. Yeah, that was my <laughs> choice. But... but when I was like looking at it, yeah, because I felt like she was, it didn't do anything remarkable, but I still liked her a lot. Like her acting and everything, and she, oh, she's just the most likable character for me. The thing is, this week it kind of, I kind of leaning more towards Sinclair this week because me as am I. <laughs> yeah, he, he's more instrumental in. The resolutions for both storylines and, you know, within the drama of the uh, A storyline as well. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, just, wait, I'm on the last one to choose. So that means I, I get the decided vote. No. <laughs> Do you know, know that Claire and Ivanova are tied for the most um, persons of the week? Um, oh, really? That's no surprise. That is no <laughs> surprise at all. Uh, so I guess I will go with because oh god uh, I guess because this really really matters. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No. I will say that Heidi chose Ivanova. That helps. <laughs> oh, then it goes with Sinclair. <laughs> we could have a tie. We, yeah, yeah have a tie for this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think a tie would be good. I think they both sort of won their respective stories in terms of like who was oh, most were, important. Yeah, that's right. Th- that or we throw the whole thing out the window and we go for Alicia. Oh, no. God. Oh my yeah. god, no. <laughs> no. Hey, you know what? Her over Talia any day. Yes. Oh, I would go for Talia over her. Yeah. That's I mean I'm Talia saying. annoys me, but like Oh, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's probably just because I've had more exposure to her, and so I have a deep seated hatred for no apparent reason other than she annoys me. But I'd have to go with her. 
All right, yeah, how- we're speculating that it was the way she moves her lips, maybe. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, on, on Briscoe County Jr., my least favorite character on that show, returned this week after being gone for a while. I'm not oh, sure. behind on that Did show. Did she miss him or her? It's a her. Oh, now was I it did. Dixie? Yeah, Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How about Alien of the Week? Who's Alien of the Week? Delane. Oh, really? He, 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 he comes into this episode. He's he's really quite interesting in this because you haven't really properly seen a Membrari like him before. You've seen Warrior a Warrior in the pilot, but you only got five seconds of him. And this he was, is the first. Yeah, sorry, Jan. And he was also the one in the in the pilot was a, a, a renegade. Yes. You get a good example of what the Membari Warrior cast are like here. And I, th- I think, you know, as a one-off character, he plays this really well. And you, you've got a nice counterpoint to Delenn. Yes. And he, even in the last scene as well, he, he has respect for Sinclair. You, you can see his story arc in this episode. And I like yes. that. I really like that as well. Could go either way. Heidi chose Delenn. I was going to go with Delenn, so I'll just stick with Delenn. I did, I mean, the room was okay for me. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't really like the actor that much. Um, he was just okay for me. All right. Oh, I really, I really liked him, but I really liked Delenn a lot more, so I'm biased. All right. We're going to say Delenn. Yeah. Okay. I have no problem with that. Yeah, she's always good. Yes. And she's I was very, good. very intense this time. She is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to provide an alternative this week. No, no. It's, I- yeah. And I had both as well. So now let's do episode ratings. You want to start us out, Malika? Oh, come back to me. <laughs> okay, how about you, Jan? Jan, I will give, I will rate this one, uh, eight priests becoming warriors. Okay. Who wants to go next? Um, Elizabeth. I guess I'll, I guess I'll go. Um, I, I guess before we just talked about it, I was going to give it a little bit lower rating because uh, I, I did like the ideas in it, but I, I guess I was focusing too much on maybe the slow pace or something like that. But I think there's a lot of good stuff here um, that might not have been presented in the most interesting way. But I mean, there was definitely some good scenes, some good information that we got and that provoked a really good discussion. So I would say a seven out of 10 um, extra special puberties. <laughs> okay. Wow. Mine's related to that, um, sort of. Uh, uh, so I really like this episode. I thought that it's, I don't know, I'm really interested. Like it set up a lot of things and continued a lot of things that I'm interested in, um, even if the acting was really annoying. Um, and I thought some of the dialogue was a, like was clunky. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give it um, seven and a half out of ten super annoying side kids. All right. <laughs> How about you, Ian? Well, I kind of feel a bit... I've been rating all these episodes very similar this season, and it's just because uh, I've seen them so many times, I suppose, and I know what's coming up, and I always, you know, see this season as set up, but it does it in a really good way. Um, Yet there's times when you get characters like Alicia or you get scenes that aren't directed very well and it brings the score down. <sighs> so I'm going to say seven and a half elite Naroons. All right, cool. I've, cool. I've been going kind of up and down as we've been talking about the episode. <laughs> so um 
Yeah, I really enjoy seeing more of the warrior cast, and I like the Naroon character, and I liked how the new, the two plots came together, but it does get some points deducted because of Elisa and because of Talia. <laughs> so I'll give it 8 out of 10 punked carrier eater stomachs. Oh, oh that's gross factor. Oh, poor old Pac Maraz. So I added in Heidi's score, and that gives us a total of 6.75. 6.75? Oh, 7.65, sorry. That's up there. That's not yeah. a low score. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. So how, What's the average score? Um, For the so season, is 6.96. Okay. How about we take a Minbari war cruiser to Feedback Land? <laughs> hey, feedback Land. Someone's listened, been listening to Castor Thrones. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, we don't have dire donkeys here. Yeah, I was gonna say like a uh, war donkey or you know a uh, spaceship donkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, well, Heidi sent us her thoughts on the episode. Who wants to read Heidi's feedback? I think it's oh. only fifteen. Elizabeth does. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. Hey, guys. Sorry I can't be there, but here are my thoughts on Legacies. We got a lot more information on the Membari in this episode. We saw the difference directly between the religious and warrior cast and what happens when someone switches cast. I was actually really interested in seeing the Membari funeral, but then the body was gone, so that didn't happen. I was really surprised that it was Delenn who sold the body. I also found it interesting that the Grey Council overrides the military. Yeah, that is very interesting. Um, as for the other story, I'm sure Will was so excited to see Talia back. Actually, I really disliked her in this episode as well, but it didn't have anything to do with her lips. <laughs> I, I found all the Psycore stuff really fascinating. We, <clears throat> we found out that if a telepath is working for an alien race, they don't have to work for the Psycore. That's an interesting loophole. I thought Ivanova telling Elisa what happens to telepaths who refuse to join would be more likely to scare her into joining. The Narn was, were, are still trying to breed telepaths, and we get a mention of Lita. I like that. I found it hilarious when Elisa said a Narn mind is so alien. Of course it is. They're not human. I wanted Elisa to stay because she doesn't follow the rules and lets us see into people alien minds that we don't normally get to. Anyway, I really enjoyed that one and all the information we got. 8 out of 10 stolen bodies. Human Ivanova, alien Delenn. My only prediction is that the chrysalis cocoon that they were talking about is where Delenn is growing a human-alien hybrid that is hers and Sinclair's child. Oh, my God. Oh, nice. I did not even think of that. I want it to happen next episode. Um, Talk to you all next week. Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. Yeah, yes, thanks, Heidi. Cheers, Heidi. Think yeah, we, we missed you. I think we lost Malika. And, I was trying to call her back. Hello? Uh, Malika? Jan's here. I just dropped out for a moment, yeah. Oh, did you hear Heidi's prediction? Nope. Okay, I'll wait till Malika gets back on. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, okay. did you hear did you hear Heidi's prediction? Nope. The, she said, my only prediction is that the chrysalis cocoon that they were talking about is where Delenn is growing a human-alien hybrid that is hers and Sinclair's child. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be that's, amazing? That's why he's more Membari than he thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. Now you've How got to he... come up with a name for it. Or him or her, I'd say. Yeah, I have to think about that. <laughs> Delaire? Delaire. <laughs> uh, next, we got a comment on Facebook from John Drano. Who wants to take that? It's either Ian or Will. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, uh, John says, okay, just watched it. My thoughts. Not too bad for a filler episode, but still feels like filler to me. Whiny, te whiny telepath is whiny. 
I like the look of the Mimbari warships. They remind me of angelfish. What do the news think of elite Nerun? I have to admit, I figured maybe the warrior cast stole the body themselves as an excuse to go to war. I was oh, at least it wasn't just me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised at the Delin reveal. I give this episode 6 out of 10 whiny telepaths. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite alien, Nerun. Favorite human, uh, Garibaldi, I guess. Looking forward to the podcast. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. I was, I was just curious, though. Did you think she was whiny or? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was her voice, really. Like the way she said her lines, they yeah. came across yeah. a little no, bit. No, they were, whiny. it was, it was very much like it was just bad acting. Like, yeah. not just whiny. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I know that a lot of her lines could have been done better by somebody else. And I hate to say that, but. Nope, it's true. Oh, well, apart from the web clip you found, you didn't say, I don't think, whether she's done anything else. Um, she's done some other stuff, but it wasn't, she hasn't done anything since 2000. She was in One West Waikiki, Love and Betrayal, the Mia Farrow story. She played Soon Yi. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. She was in The Rockford Files, Hard Time, Guinevere, an episode of a show called Seven Days, then going in 60 seconds. Hmm. Uh, well. So she's not going to be the next blockbuster. Any, <laughs> no. I don't remember her in any, Some of those I recognized, and I don't remember in, her in any of them. No. Have you seen Love and Betrayal, the Mio Farah story? <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> in our seven days, I vaguely saw that somewhere online a few years ago. I think it's about a time travel thing where they go back seven days. Yeah, that's essentially oh, wow. what it is. Yeah, they go, go back, back and go it's... back seven days to correct something. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Okay. Anyway, so ne- yeah. <laughs> next we have an email from Lori who wants to take that. I should take that, I suppose. <laughs> so, okay. hi, ambassadors. Some feedback for Legacy, and sorry for missing feedback on eyes last week. That's okay. I'm sure this has been mentioned, but this one was originally supposed to air later. And JMS said he had not wanted two telepath stories in a row. Yeah, but we did, and it wasn't a problem. That's my own addition. But I thought it followed nicely, especially for continuing to build Ivanova's character. Of course, my first note for this episode was, Talia, will we be unhappy? <laughs> Winky face. I have never liked her that much, but she does not really bother me either. The discord between her and Ivanova made a good basis for the story. We learn that at least some telepaths start to exhibit abilities at puberty and that it can be a very scary experience. Questions for the group. Would you want telepathic, sorry, would you want telepathic abilities? And if you did have them, what choice would you make in the same situation? Oh, well, I, I would say no, I wouldn't want them. Um, if I did have them, I guess I probably would have gone with the Psychor. I, I would be too scared to, to uh, go to a, another planet. I can't really say my option at the moment. It would be spoilerific if I did. Huh. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll continue the story. The Membari storyline was also very good. I must say that it did not, that I did not remember that Delenn had stolen the corpse, though the strange way she was acting should have been a clue. We learn a lot of interesting background on the Membari caste system. That it seems somewhat determined by who your parents were. 
the warrior caste did not approve of the surrender at all and really still resents the humans. What sort of long-ranging consequences do the ambassadors think this might have? Overall, a very good episode, 7.5 out of 10, little triangles. The odd thing Delenn is building, oh, you think it's oh. a triangle. Uh, human of the week, Ivanova, as she really had a positive effect on the girl's life. Alien, Delenn, for standing up against the rune for her principles and showing what a strong character she is. Thanks, Laurie. Thank, Thank you, Laurie. Laurie. Thank you. I think she was. I think she was That's saying it. that the the things that um, Delenn is playing with are triangles. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I couldn't see why she thought that was a triangle, but yeah, there are a lot of triangles there, I suppose. Yeah, there are. I mean, that's how I would describe it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of colorful exactly. triangles, pyramids. They're pretty. I want one. <laughs> so our last email is from Bill. Do you want to take it, Will, or do you want me to to go? I'll take it. Let's see. Greetings, one and all. Another week has passed, and with Legacies, another solid episode. More flashbacks from Sinclair and his friend Mitchell. Ivanova and Talia were in the same room for a change without fighting when they witnessed a latent telepath awaken. We get to meet Naroon, which sounds to me like a Bugs Bunny insult, as in, what a Naroon. His comment- <laughs> it's Maroon, but I know exactly what she means. His comments about the bravery of the Shy Elite ring hollow to me. Can you really be said to fight with bravery when you slaughtered your opponent and you had no chance of losing? Love Natatha agree she should check Elisa's teeth. It was also a nice callback to Jakar's offer to Lita Alexander. Elisa's comment that no one asked what asked her what she wants was reminiscent reminiscent of Mr. Morden. I have to wonder what she yes. would have said to him. Ah, oh, Mr. Morden. Uh, Mr. Morden. What do you want? A random question. Him and his boy band need to come into a concert <laughs> on Babylon 5. And, and actually, we, we see, uh, I think Talia popped the question, what do you want? Mm-hmm. A, a random question about the crew's handlings. Ivanova wanted to reach Garibaldi and immediately got a hold of him. Are they dialing specific people or is it something we're not supposed to consider? Yeah, we talked about this before. It's uh, it's kind of all over the place, I think. Kind of similar to when somebody bl- pops up on the television screen. Yeah, so all of a sudden. Depends on how fast the plot wants them to get a hold of the person. Yeah, Lisa stole Ivanova's link in this episode, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Yeah. At the unveiling of the body, I thought we were about to watch a magic act. Where is the shy elite? Presto, I lift the cover and he's gone. Thank you, and <laughs> don't forget to tip your waitress. Another thing, after he goes missing, why didn't anyone point out to Naroon that his people were guarding the body? Sure, blame the humans when it was your people that messed up. And when he was in Sinclair's room with the element of surprise, the big bad Mubari ended up on the floor. <laughs> you can't take Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not certain, but was Delin playing with the 23rd century Legos? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We I also, love that one. We also get to see the Pakmara. I always liked them as they were suitably alien. I was going to make a joke about that Mimbari tastes like chicken until Franklin ruined it by making the same joke about the Narn. <laughs> in the end, Sinclair impresses his enemy and Elisa chooses the Mimbari. Am I alone in wondering why no one had her talk to the Centauri? Also, Susan hmm. plans on ordering coffee. Does that mean she doesn't need to grow her own anymore? <laughs> maybe she's oh. gonna, maybe she's gonna take her and like share her private stash. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Tina, because coffee is expensive, isn't it? Yeah. On Babylon 5. So she's making Talia pay for a really expensive drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless, you know, you the, there's the coffee Ivanova has, which is fresh coffee, and then you've just got free, long-term freeze-dried coffee that mm-hmm. they're going out for. Yeah, coffee-like yeah. substance. Favorite human of the week was for once Jeffrey Sinclair, and for Alien, despite her brief appearance, I'm going with Natal. I think I'll give this one 7.75, Urn of Ashes. Looking forward to next week, Bill W. somewhere in Los Angeles. Thank, Thank you, Bill. 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 Thanks, everyone. Awesome. Well, if you want to send us feedback and we'll read it or play it on the show, send that to mail at downbelowpodcast.com. And don't forget to go leave us iTunes reviews if you like what you're hearing. Uh, one question. Yes. Uh, would you like a quick f- quick f- feedback for me on the uh, eyes? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really liked actually what they did with it, right. although although he was maybe a little over the top, the Mister Benzine. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, and it did really uh, give us some more uh, thing ab- about the uh, enemy. The enemies Sinclair has made over the time. So uh-huh. I, I ended up giving it a uh, 7.5. Uh, mad commanders. <laughs> cool. So now let's do some episode predictions. The name of the next episode is A Voice in the Wilderness Part 1. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, we, uh, I was wondering actually whether we're going to do it as part one and then part two, or are we going to record both together? Uh, I have it scheduled as two. I think it didn't originally air as two episodes. It did, but JMS but, had intended it to be one episode. Hmm. Sorry, that is my doorbell. Uh, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> and that's my dog. <laughs> that's just cute as two. There's a lot of kind of a pain to change things with the furniture. To... Okay, hold uh, on. Somebody's now knocking on my door. So just Malika, please go ahead and 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 guess what's happening in the next episode if you want. Um, in well, let's see. Or overall uh, predictions as well. I think that, like, a voice, huh? I think it has something to do with his mind. A voice is going to come through. I don't know. Something. I, 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 I'm i just fixated on the fact that we might get, like, a clue or further um, insight into his mind. I'm hoping. And what about overall? What are your theories so far on everything you've seen? Did you only have your... Oh, uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of hoping that um, Sinclair is pregnant with uh, Delenn's baby. Um, I think that I hope Heidi's prediction is right. Rather, um, I don't know. I think that something has to do with the fact. Like, I don't think that. Um, see, and I had a prediction earlier on, and it like slipped my mind. But it has something to do with Sinclair and like uh, that whole time um, that he's missing. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of like lost time kind of thing, like wormhole type stuff, and he it's a lot longer than he thought. Um, but and I had a good prediction earlier, but I'm forgetting. So I don't know. Not very much. <laughs> if I remember it, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Because there's a lot of loose ends at the moment. Oh, I know. Yes. Uh, no, actually, to be honest, like I'm misprediction I'm on, on investigating Mars. Like I love predicting <laughs> stuff, but like on this one, there's like so much. There's so much stuff, but we're getting like just enough that I'm. And there, there's so many of them that it's hard to make predictions on all of them. So I don't know. I think I'm good. 
<laughs> yeah, you want a bit more movement on the series and a couple more answers before you yeah, start like their predictions. Yeah, like I think I, I want at least one of them to progress a little bit more before I can like come up with a prediction. Right. Hello? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I have Hi. people coming to do my backyard and they wanted to park in my driveway. Uh, Anyways. Have any predictions, Elizabeth? Okay, was it a voice in the wilderness? Yes. Part one. Part one. So... They hear a distress signal in space, and they have to figure out where it comes from. And whatever they find is a cliffhanger at the end of the first episode. <laughs> I think okay. it'll be a cliffhanger. <laughs> um, well, it's not going to be a Psy episode. I know that. Um, so, and we're probably not we're not going to find out anything about Sinclair. So, I just have to guess it's something else that happens, or maybe what they they hear. What's Sorry, that? I was going to say, what characters are you going to see? All of them. It's a two-parter. They all have to be there. Uh, maybe Babylon Four comes back. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's all I can. That's all I can guess. There's all so right. many things that we have to find out about, but just just not enough time to find out about them this season. So, see, that's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> what was your prediction? No, I was like babbling because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "There's." Uh, I just went with the baby and uh, like Sinclair. Oh, the, the Sinclair and and uh, Delenn baby. Delenn baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh going my with God. that. But there's there's so many like loose threads that it's like I don't feel like there's enough like there to make a prediction on any one of them. Yeah, I can't go with my old standby, which is we'll find out more about Sinclair and Delenn. Now that I know that this was supposed to be the second to last episode. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah, it's it's hard. These episode titles are hard to predict for. Yeah. But for a change, you did get a, a title that was not one word. Yeah, so it's uh, supposed to be good, right? Or at least the opposite, anyways. Yeah. So, somebody theorized that the, or said that the one word titles were not as good this season. Interesting. Well, let's see whether that pans out over the next couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah, maybe maybe Heidi has time to do a, um, a commentary. Um, yeah, that would be great. Do you think that would be good for us to do a commentary on one of these? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Yan and Malika, for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank, thank, you yeah. for, thank you for letting us in. Yeah. I hope you'll both be back sometime. See you yeah. Too. Can't yeah. wait for a season two. So, yeah, and remind us where we can find you. You can find me at babylonlurker.net slash blog and on the Facebook group for, for the podcast. And where can we find you, Malika? Well, I am on the Facebook group um, for the podcast, though I honestly just caught up. So I'm hoping to leave feedback for you guys more regularly um, and be more active there. And then on my um, podcast, which is just wrapping up, Investigating Mars, which I do with Heidi and a bunch of other really, really cool people. And it's about Veronica Mars. Awesome. Yeah, have you seen podcast. the movie yet? Yes, we have. And yeah. we've recorded commentary for it. And we need to do a final wrap up. And that's that's what we need to still schedule to do. So. Awesome. Well, that is all we have for today, folks. Join us in one week for A Voice in the Wilderness Part 1. And until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 Stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.com.